was terrifying the first time I watched it. I watched it at like three in the morning. I was back home in Jordan. My parents were asleep and like a psycho, I watched it by myself (laughs) on the big screen. I was not prepared. I was not prepared. I'll just say that. Welcome to Real Breakdown, guys. I'm Grace. And I'm Jordan. And today we are going to be doing Us by Jordan Peele because it is Black History Month, it's the month of February. And I guess we wanted to honor that in our own world, which is the film world. Yes. And the first movie that came to my mind was Us because I was like, Jordan Peele just surprised everybody. I mean, he did with Get Out first, um, but Us was a different level. Very different. So weirdly, I watched both Get Out and Us on planes. I I love watching movies on planes because you're just stuck there. You can't do it. I I love being on planes in general because nobody can contact me. And it, yes, (laughs) like you're, it's uninterrupted time. Because I was able to watch Us with a more analytical eye because there was no other distraction around me. Yeah. It was terrifying, but also like super bright on a plane during the day. I know nobody's sitting in my driveway because I'm on a plane, but it was really interesting to watch that in that setting. I think I had a different experience with it because, you know, you watch horror movies in your house alone at night like you did. You're terrified. But I was able to completely be removed from that because there was no danger at all. Yeah. So that was me the second time watching it for the podcast because I watched it during the day. Windows open, bright light coming in. Charles is at home. I'm no fear, you know, and that was more eye-opening to the movie because the first time I was able to really like understand the movie because the first time I watched it, I was absolutely terrified that I I wasn't even like <laughs> thinking about anything cinematic. I was just like, oh my god, this is dark, funny but dark, great but dark. Okay, so this came out 2019, right before the pandemic hit, basically directed and written by Jordan Peele. Genius. He just, I mean, God, it, it's it's so good. It's so good. Lupita Nyong'o won NAACP's uh, Image Award for Outstanding Actress. As she should have. 100%. She played the hero and the villain. Like, both so perfectly. It was insane. The protagonist and the antagonist. And Jordan Peele won uh, the NAACP's Image Award for Outstanding Writing, actually. That whole cast, the way that they play both sides of that, ev- the, the son, the daughter. The whole cast had to play their evil side, which is like so amazing. And the boy was like 10. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. The, yeah, the acting is phenomenal. The chemistry that they all had together was so beautiful Mm -hmm. i think they got really lucky in that sense even the neighbors it's such a good awkward friendship yeah yeah elizabeth moss has range yeah yeah she does she has range as an actress the whole idea of the movie so i mean just to give you a little like backstory of what it's about essentially there's this uh underworld 
And these people are now faced with, like, the evil versions of themselves who have come back to, like, kill them. Their shadow selves. Their shadow selves, right. And it's just terrifying because you are fighting for your life against yourself, which is the person that knows you the best, that knows your the way you think, the way you move, the way you fight, which is terrifying to think about because I think about all the skills I know and then I'm like, imagine fighting myself because that's my advantage, right? Like the element yeah. of surprise is right. what – is what you want. Um, when that's stripped away, that's the most terrifying thing. Like in uh, jujitsu. Yeah, like that's my only asset. Imagine someone new and could match me. I like I, I'm like okay, this is the fight of my life, you know. Literally. So the idea of it is so scary. But essentially, we will get into like you know spoilers ahead, just FYI. But I want to get into the trivia of this movie because it is so fun. I'm so excited. I don't know any of the trivia. Okay, buckle up, Jordan. I'm ready. Jordan Peele gave the cast 11 horror films to watch prior to filming the movie because he, number one, wanted to have, quote, unquote, them to have a shared language on set. Oh. Because he just wanted everyone to get in the horror mindset. And a few of those... Wait, just the four main people or the entire cast? Basically the entire cast. Like, not like you know, extras, but just like the main, you know, uh, Elizabeth Moss and, and her character. And the twins, yeah. He had them watch 11 and a few of those mentions were Jaws. Uh, I know. But I think Jaws was, I don't know, maybe for that like build up of build up to the climax, you know, getting maybe. into that mode. Because D- Jaws does that. I mean, it's such a long movie, but it really builds as it goes. It's a very subtle build. I d- yeah. You guys can't see us, obviously, but I cocked my head when she said Jaws. Interesting. The Sixth Sense. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. The reveal, right? All of that. Um, the Shining. I knew you were going to say The Shining. As soon as you said The Twins, I knew you were going to say The Shining. Yeah. Cool. And then It Follows. Have you ever seen that? That movie is terrifying. I love that movie. It's really good. Yeah. Super good. And then I could see why that too. Because oh, because they're being chased. Yeah. 100%. They, they can't get away Chased from by it. an unknown. Right. Oh, and then a few others were um, A Tale of Two Sisters, The okay. Birds, um, Funny Games. Funny Games. Which oh is Oh my old. God. There, there was a remake of Funny Games though. They did it shot for shot. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why people do shot for shot remakes. That movie is terrifying. That makes the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. When they're sitting in the living room at the beginning of Us, it reminds me of Funny Games. Mm, Interesting. Okay. And then the Bada Book. Babadook? The Babadook. I never saw it. (laughs) Babadook. Which is like 2014. I've got a reason. The the Babadook. Babadook. The Babadook. Oh my God. Let's move on. Let's move on. I've never seen it, but I know know of the, uh, the, the lore of the Babadook. Okay. Interesting. But that was like his main, those were his main ones that he wanted them to focus on, which I thought was interesting. Because I think you can take a little bit from each one. Absolutely. I could see the Hitchcock aspect of it too. Lupita Nyong'o actually based her red voice, the red who was the other version of her, the evil version of her, on Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s voice. Because he suffered from something called spasmodic dysphonia. It's when um, you have involuntary spasms in the muscles of like your voice box. And it causes the voice to break and have like a, a slight like strangled sound like a, you know. That's when, so when she's, that's when her voice breaks, she goes, <gasps> Yes. Okay. So that was like her inspiration for that. That's interesting. That is really cool. She probably had to listen to a lot of recordings of him. Yeah. Also, you know how they filmed like 
the last uh, part of the movie underground, you could see like underground of the boardwalk in Santa Cruz. Yes. So that actually exists. That whole like underground basically school it looks yeah. like that's really there that's there what is it used for is it empty rumored to be like some type of military base that was there they didn't have to stage that that's or like crazy they used that so yeah it, they call it like the tunnel system i had no idea until you just said it that her evil version's name was red I didn't even know that they had names until I, I just watched the beginning of it Yeah. Um, last week when I was trying to do work and it was on in the background and I kept running from my computer to the TV and I'm like, okay, I need to stop this. Yeah. <laughs> the good and evil versions. The mom's name is... Adelaide. Adelaide. And her evil version is Red. Red. So the father is Gabe and Abraham. The daughter is Zora and her evil self is Ombre. Mm-hmm. And then the son is, I want to say Max. No. Pluto's the evil one. Evil one. And the son's uh, character's name is Jason. A lot of little details here and there. Speaking of details, when you are introduced to the um, Hall of Mirrors at the beginning, when she was a little, when Adelaide was little, the words get out are actually seen carved on the side of the entrance. I did see that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I was like, hype, hype up yourself. And then I thought it was cool because, like, you always wonder just how they get so many people as extras sometimes. But answer or question answered because um, during the filming at the boardwalk, whenever they had boardwalk scenes, all of the rides were filled with dummies. And then CGI brought them to life. Isn't that so funny? What? Mm -hmm. They probably spent more money on CGI filming that than they would have with actual extras. Yeah. They probably didn't want to have to deal with the people. It's a lot to, like, manage. Oh, yeah. It's so much to manage. So if you could just, like, have them filled, but CGI, like, brought it all to life. It was probably, like, a third of the budget. I know, but he had it. I mean, (laughs) after after Get Out, he had it. The twins that Elizabeth Moss's um, daughters, do you know who they are? No, but I know they're gymnasts. They're the twins from Friends. So they're the from Friends. Emma, who played... Uh, Rachel and Ross's daughter. No way. They're actually twins that would switch in and out of that role. Um, That's them. Oh my God. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. Yeah. But I also understood The Shining because why he had them watch The Shining because there was a lot of like, it's just duplicates and this whole idea of like double and pair and all that. But yeah, the twins are the Emma from Friends. Which is- that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's really funny. And they're gymnasts, right? Don't they do like walkovers and stuff i have no idea about that but aren't they doing like gymnastics in the scene where they're trying to kill everybody oh oh I, is that actually them it's a good question i'm not sure but that'd be cool if it is i mean i don't know why they wouldn't put that in there if they didn't know how to do some of that yeah you just know to I make mean? it creepier yeah you know that scene in um one of the scariest things i've ever seen yeah. in the exorcist where she walks down the stairs in a back bend backwards oh <laughs> I'm in my sweatshirt. This is, it's not okay. That movie creeps me out. Another fun fact. So there's a quote, a Bible quote that continues to appear in the movie. It's Jeremiah 11, 11. Mm -hmm. By the way, 11, 11 is just the. One of the themes. Yeah. It's on the clock when he's going to bed. Mm -hmm. And the quote is, therefore, thus saith the Lord, said the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Damn. Creepy. Damn. Ugh. Also, rude. (laughs) Like, you're not going to help them. 
it is just so eerie that uh, Bible quote and that the homeless man holding it. Wait, I have a question. This could this is definitely a spoiler, but in the beginning, there's the younger homeless man holding the sign, and then when they're driving to Santa Cruz, they see him. He looks dead, holding the sign. It's the same homeless man getting into the ambulance. Doesn't he appear at the end? Yeah. Okay. He appears at the end as well. It's just all, it all comes together in such an insane, mind-blowing way. In the beginning, you know how she, it opens with the Hands Across America commercial? Yes. So that's huge. We'll talk about that later. But you can see um, a VHS of like the Goonies on the, to the side, to the left, which I don't really? know, but that's just, yeah. Uh, it's about the underground creatures, and the Goonies takes place primarily in underground tunnels. So it's just like a shout out to that. I wonder if that's also one of his favorite movies. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think he really loves it, because I don't know why that would be a fun fact if it wasn't, you know. Oh, this one's pretty cool, too. So the son's name, um, Jason, the little boy oh. who's so cute, is a reference to Friday the 13th Jason, who who has th- the same kind of mask <laughs> as the evil character, which I thought was cool. I never caught that. That's a good one. There's so much comedy brought into this terrifying situation, especially with the father. And like, I'm just remembering, because when they say their names for the first time, it's the bad selves and the good selves are all sitting in the living room, like across from one another. And they're, they're realizing that it's them. And the, yeah. the girl, the, I think it's the daughter that says, it's us. Yeah. Right after that, she goes through the whole terrifying monologue of the girl had a shadow. And she when she got toys... She got beautiful toys to play with at Christmas morning, and the girl got glass. And <laughs> after this terrifying monologue, the husband is just like, excuse me, I have a question. What do you want? Yeah. And the wife, Adelaide, is like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she's like, I literally just told you this happened when I was a kid, and now she's in our living room. Why are you talking? He's like, we can go to the ATM. What are you doing, Gabe? Yeah. What are you doing? And he goes, you can have the boat for all I care in the t- Nobody wants the boat, Dad. That's what I'm saying with the chemistry between this family is amazing. The way that that line was delivered was so natural. I have uh, honorable, speaking of that, we can move on to the honorable quotes and honorable dialogue. I think I have three. When she's like, when they just have gone to the neighbors, they see their friends basically murdered. They have to kill the twins because the evil twins are alive. And it's just a whole, like, hilarious scene, uh, which we'll get back to in a second music-wise. But at the end, like, everybody's dead, finally. The whole family, um, Adelaide and Gabe and all of them, like, are sitting in the living room watching the news. And she's like, he's like, we got to stay here. Like, you know, like, we're, like, protected here. And she's like, what are we going to put micro machines? Like, freaking Home Alone, you know? Yes. And the, the little girl, the little boy's like what's micro machines? And the little girl's like, what's home alone? And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then like, and then the same scene, she goes, um, Adelaide's like talking to her husband and she's like, you're scaring the kids. And the, the daughter's like, it, it's too late. Like, no. She's like, no, we're good. It's too late for that, which was so funny because they go on to like the next scene talk about their kill count and like who they've killed and like i should drive because i've killed two people and then like they've realized that nope you've only killed one because the other one's still alive but it's 
like the dialogue is brilliant because it's so funny. you're so scared but like it, there's this comedic relief that like you're it's yeah. like you're gonna be okay like just laugh through it you know laugh through it but those were there's so much amazing dialogue obviously when you get into like the more serious and scary scenes but in terms of like the humor like there were some gems in here and oh. those those scenes like those lines truly made me laugh out loud like oh, I, yeah. I was like just classic but I love that also, big shout out to, so when the trailer first came out, I was obsessed with the way they used the music. For the trailer? In a creepy way. Have you heard the trailer? I don't think I've ever seen the trailer. Well, we're going to play it. The song is I Got Five on It by Lunas. came out in 1995. It's a classic. It's basically about uh, drugs. But he uses this rap song that like... Obviously, based Lunez is based out of California. It's just a big shout out to California. A lot of the music um, he uses like the Beach Boys in there at one point. Just a lot of stuff. This like rap song is such a classic, but he made it sound so beautifully creepy. So. <sighs> I know. My and mind is blown. I just want to play the song because I need you to hear how he transformed this freaking song. I'll play 30 seconds of it. That high-pitched violin in there and then the... There, oh. was, there was some Hitchcockian noises in there that... Dun, 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 dun. 
Oh, this is the actual song? Mm-hmm. 1995. See, that's like... That's the song. You know? It's very... a. It's, it's such a classic. I love the song. Yeah. So when I heard the song in the trailer, I fell in love. And huge shout out. I don't know if you watch Dancing with the Stars. Not um, anymore. I used to. I love it. It's just it's like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I love watching it every season. Big shout out to this past season um, for, I, I'm going to butcher her last name, but Daniela and Iman Shumpert, who's an NBA player. He was on the show. Oh. And they did a dance to this Jordan Peele version of I Got Five on it in red jumpsuits. It was like a, a dedication to us. What kind of dance did they do? A contemporary. Oh. It was stunning. I'm 98% sure she's going to win an award for that choreography because they added I contemporary hope she does. to That's where my mind is going. They added contemporary. And it was Halloween week. And so huge shout out to them because that, I mean, huge shout out to her because she choreographed it, but it was the most gorgeous piece. And I think everyone realized that like, if you can create a piece like that and everybody knows what movie it's referencing, yeah. then, you've, then you've done it. Oh my God. You know, just the song, the costumes, the like entered the way they moved. And granted, he's like seven feet tall and she's literally like five feet tall. So the challenges that they face. Did he throw her around? Oh, the, oh, it's, it's just... When you see it, you're going to die. But that is awesome. I didn't yeah. realize that that dun, 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 dun. I didn't realize that was actually in the song. Yeah. But he used, he made it so creepy. He just took that. Dun, 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 yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Because I love it. Because that's so Jordan Peele to be like, hey, shout out the music I love and I grew up with. Yeah, okay. And I want to make it my own version to fit this mm-hmm. movie, which was just, and it's like not nothing. There's no deep meaning to it. It's just. He took this amazing song and it's such a classic, but he made it like, oh, just sounds, it gives you shivers. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I also can't believe that that was, that that song sounds so much older than 1995. And then I'm like, oh, that was a really long time ago. That was a really long, I know, Jordan. Don't remind me. You were two. (laughs) I was two. Also, fun fact, this whole idea was based on one of Jordan Peele's favorite episodes from The Twilight Zone, which was called Mirror Image. I've heard of that. And it was about where the character sees herself and worries that she's going to replace her. I've heard that it was based on an episode of The Twilight Zone, yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, music-wise, there were so many funny moments, but one in specific, I mean, I'm not going to, obviously I could talk all day about all the amazing moments in this movie. But I'm going to talk about one that's probably most people's favorites, which is the the scene with the neighbors when <laughs> Elizabeth Moss's character is, <laughs> is like basically arguing with her husband and her husband's being like a sarcastic ass and it's just classic. And then obviously their, their evil sides show up and <laughs> he starts with playing good vibrations because he's like Ophelia, which is like their Alexa. Fun fact, Ophelia is derived from a Greek word that means help. That's funny. So the fact that they called it Ophelia is so That is ironic. so funny. Yeah. So the whole scene is him like, Ophelia, play, you know, play whatever. It like starts playing like good vibrations and you're like, hell yeah, like this is a great scene, you know? Meanwhile, you know they're going to get murdered and slaughtered by their evil selves. So it's like terrifying. And then... um. 
obviously they're they're you know their selves come in and attack them and the husband dies pretty quick but elizabeth moss is uh literally on the floor like stabbed in the neck crawling and looking up at like her husband's evil twin you know who's it's just her husband but it's so creepy the idea is creepy and she goes ophelia like in the middle of like gargling blood like she's like call the police and then ophelia's like okay playing fuck the police (laughs) and it's just like (laughs) and then nwa starts playing and it's just like the and she dies to that and the irony of that is just so funny beautiful like I couldn't have imagined a better way to show how funny it is when you like ask Alexa or ask AI for help for some, with something and they're like, does not compute. Oh <laughs> you're like, I had one chance to call the police. The fact that she's just dying and she's like, Ophelia, which is the best because it's like help, you know, call the police. It's like, okay, playing like, fuck, fuck the police. <laughs> and like, you know, then another classic starts playing and it's just like, Oh my god. I mean, the the moments like that and like I said, like these moments have no like deep I mean there there is no, no like, it's deep just really funny. behind it. It's just it's genius comedy. It's genius dark humor. Doesn't fuck the police keep playing well yeah. like during the rest of that? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. They died to that. So many classics. And I noticed that like a lot of the horror scenes are are you know, like the classic high-pitched noises and the silence and all of that. But when he does bring in music, it's such a comedic relief. Yeah. It's amazing. There's those, there's the high-pitched uh, dissonant violin chords that, and the way that like, so that noise in horror movies, I just thought of this, that noise to me is how the underworld people move. Ooh. Like they're, it's like disjointed and off-putting. Yeah. It's like a dissonant chord. And when they go underground and you see all the, the people, like the girls dancing and there's, yeah. that's to me like that dissonant violin. Yeah. I hate that. Oh. I mean, I like, I love to hate it. That's a good way to put it. I love to hate it. Like when Halle Berry's walking across the scene in Gothica, like, oh my God, rewind. I watched that movie for the first time in my house alone. I was like 15 and it was getting dark. So it was like right at that time of day where there's flat light. So you can't really see depth. And there was no place in my house growing up that you couldn't be seen from at least two windows at the same time. I didn't. I just like sat on the floor in the corner of the couch and then just waited for the movie to be over. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. That movie scared me too. One thing I'll mention, there's, so, I mean, forget the cinematography in this movie because it was gorgeous. Oh, God, yeah. Everything was shot so beautifully. I'll just say that. But I have one honorary shot that just sticks in my head. I'm wondering if it's the same one I'm thinking of. That I can't get, I don't know if it is, like I'll be so happy. Okay. End of the movie, Adelaide is going into the funhouse, but there's a frame of her with the beach behind her that's so bright and light, surrounded by a black box. So it's a frame within a frame. That is beautiful. I know exactly what one you're talking about. Just the, like, I don't know. She's going from lightness to darkness. Yes. Yes. Like, it's like, she's she's a light in the dark. Yeah. But she's going into the darkness to meet darkness. <laughs> By the way, how he like modernized that scene. Going into the underworld, which is like very, you know. Hell. Hell. But she's going down escalators. So I thought it was very like. <laughs> she's like, you know. Wait, was that escalator Modernized. I, I'm pretty sure that was, that's an escalator that was there. 
No, yes, but like was in the movie, is it actually running or does she walk down? No, no, she walks down. Okay. That is not the shot I was thinking of. The shot I was thinking of yeah. was at the end when you see the people start to hold hands. Oh. And you see they're all the evil versions. They're either the evil versions or they're just really good at standing still. They're the evil versions. And they're all covered in blood and they're dirty. <laughs> that that part, I was like, oh my god. Speaking of that, made me remember the one line of dialogue that I forgot, which was an honorary mention. That part, when it's like that beautiful shot of like, you see every, all these evils holding hands and Gabe, the dad, is talking to his daughter and they're like peeking over the edge because they see them. And he goes, what the fuck is this? Some kind of performance art? <laughs> and like, he's like, this is some fucked up performance art. And that line just, it was needed at that point in the movie. I'll just say that. Ugh, I mean, I'm getting to the, the end of my thoughts here. I'll just say, and spoilers ahead, if you don't, if you haven't seen this movie, you don't want to know what happens, then don't listen to the rest of this podcast, because the first five minutes set up the movie. I mean, he gives you the movie on a, on a silver platter, you just yeah. don't know it. You don't know that you're getting the movie on a silver platter, and it's like, because you're terrified, number one, so you're, you're not thinking about it. You don't go through a haunted house, like, looking at the details. You're, like, freaking out, you know? Which is why I don't go through haunted houses. I hate haunted houses. But I, I do it to myself, but I just hate... I, I hate to love it again. Um, I hate to love a lot of things. So first you open with the Hands Across America ad. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then it's like, the ad is like, what has one million eyes and one million? Like, oh, he's literally giving yeah. you the ending of the movie right there. Yep. You just didn't know it, guys. You just didn't know it. The Michael Jackson thriller shirt. Yes. Are you kidding me? With that, that one. one's awesome. Ugh. When the, and the mother in the background is going, she's going to be scared. Yep. <laughs> Jeremiah eleven eleven. Again, we we talked about that. You didn't see that coming, but he basically gave you the log line of the movie. A genius. She gets lost in a funhouse full of mirrors. Okay, we know what that represents. Uh, white rabbits. You know yes. What? White rabbits actually are a symbol of good luck and a new journey. But they could also be about trying something new or potentially dangerous. What about the um, Alice in Wonderland? Follow the white rabbit. True. Yeah. Down the hole. Yep. So, it, like, in the box of her stuff at the, at the beginning, Adelaide pulls out a little white rabbit. Oh, my God, she does. And she's met with white rabbits at the end. Oh, all those bunnies, yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, you're so genius because I didn't know all this the first time around. I didn't remember the, the I don't remember the significance of the bunnies. Is it that, that they, like, the bunnies were? They're test rabbits. Yes. So that's what I thought. But that, does that rabbit. mean that the humans are test humans? No. The test bunnies represent the underworld, the people in the underworld. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, also, at the beginning of the movie, she loses her son, Jason, at the beach. That is directly tied with the climax of the movie when she loses her son to her evil half yes yeah so i wrote jp is literally giving us the movie on a silver platter i love that like once the violence begins the rest of the movie is like just action i love horror films that are just constant just action. non-stop yeah he also hit all of the points though i love that the beginning of the movie you know we're set up with this idea then Adelaide and her family goes through it. And you're like, oh, maybe the movie's just going to be Adelaide and her family. But then we see the neighbors go through it. So you're like, oh, my God, it could be anybody, you know? And then we see them watching the news. And then we see the rest of the world. And I'm like, I love that. Because sometimes we're so, 
like movies like um I don't know, like the first purge, let's say, right? Like I think they yeah. kind of learned from that because it was too centered around one family. Mm-hmm. But then when they expanded this idea of it can be anybody, that became scarier. So it's like I love that. I was like you hit all the bases, dude. It's also ties into um there is no reason for it. Yes. Which is scarier. Yeah. Right. Like, ooh. It, the ending is what blew my mind. So the ending was basically explained that there's this underworld and they were, uh, the people in the underworld were this test experiment that was abandoned, but abandoned midway so that they became this horrific mimicking of their creation in the actual world on ground level. So Adelaide is met with her, you know, evil side, Red, who's just a girl her age when she was little, in the funhouse mirror. And we're seeing that she's been switched, right? She's been replaced by her evil self. We don't actually know that. Well, she pulls her in, and then she, on the way home, you see that sinister smile at the end. Yes. So, But you don't know for sure. True. Now, he, I think he wanted it to be very open-ended. Mm-hmm. You, you take what you, you will, you know? Right. I'm still left as like, I don't know who, who's who at the end. I've been thinking about that a lot since we wanted to do this. I actually don't think it would have been possible for her to actually fully switch out. I think she just kind of, they kind of meshed. Yeah. Like she became became more evil because she had to kill everybody. Yeah. Like she's seeing the darker side of herself. Right. I also just realized she's such a wholesome person at the beginning that she kind of, yeah, she absorbs some of that badness. She's wearing all white all the time. She doesn't drink when Elizabeth Moss is on the beach. She's she's like, you sure you don't want anything to drink? She's like, I have water. Yeah. Like she's always yeah. innocent. And then at the end, she's like covered in blood. She had to fight for her life, her children's lives. Like she saw a bunch of shit. And she, I think she like absorbed some of that. Oh, 100%. I think the whole point of it is that everyone kind of did too, you know? I will say though, I think the one critique ever that I'll have for this movie is I think the uh, evil side of her red explaining the whole story kind of took away from the climax a little bit I think it slowed down like that part where they're fighting and it's a dance and they see the the flashback yeah it's so beautiful though that like was like oh my god there's still that action but them kind of having that moment where then she goes on to explain everything I thought like kind of brought down the momentum a little bit and then he could have maybe made it even more open-ended looking from like an analytic perspective and and how it has been had such an impact on movies and culture in general and making statements about uh, culture and identity and experiments and where our world is heading as a society. I think he had to have that description, that explanation. Otherwise, it would have, I think it would have been seen as more of just a horror movie and less of an actual critique or comment on society. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Jordan Peele is such a uh, genius. And there's every single word of dialogue in this was said with purpose. Yeah, I love it. So Grace, do you think this is a bomb or a firework? I think this is a firework. I give it five fireworks. Five fireworks. Get out. I give it 10 fireworks. Get it? Get out. (laughs) Shout out Jordan Peele.
We love you, Jordan. I also love another Jordan. If you guys haven't seen us, you should absolutely watch it along with Get Out and along with all of Key and Peele while we're there. But watch it at home, preferably not alone at night. Thank <laughs> you.